What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the 1528 Podcast. July is Minority Mental Health Awareness Month, so that will be the focus of this week's show. Please join us after this show, helping to educate others within your circles about the importance of mental health care and treatment and to help break down barriers such as negative perceptions about mental illness. What's up, everybody, man? We're so excited to have you all back for episode nine. We've officially broken a thousand downloads hey. and we've broken a thousand Thank you. participants in the Facebook community page, which is on and popping after every episode, as we've seen last week. Like, I feel like we didn't get sleep because <laughs> we kept getting <laughs> notifications, but we love that. Um, we appreciate the engagement. I and mean, let's definitely keep it up. Um, and again, this month is Minority Mental Health Awareness Month. The first thing I saw when I actually typed that in on Google is it's time to educate yourselves and others about the disadvantages faced by minorities who suffer from mental health disorders. People from racial, ethnic, cultural and social minorities deal with stigma, low quality care and less access to the treatment that they need. So this week, we're going to kind of share a little bit about our experiences our journeys um, through the process dealing with uh, mental health, just our perceptions around it and things like that. Um, and really kind of give you our perspective on this, just like we've done so many other topics. So really hope you guys enjoy it, appreciate it, and tune back in to the Facebook community group afterwards to get your input and your shares as well. But before we do that, fellas, what's been up this last uh, week or so? It's been cool. I was, I was talking to Dre the other day, and we are talking about how it feels like it's been so long since we recorded early last week because of the holiday. And I feel like it's been so long since we've been on here. So I'm just. Oh, yeah, we did. We we recorded an extra day early, didn't we? Yeah, Yeah, that's right. That's Mm -hmm. right. It was a long week then, but now I feel like it hasn't been as long. I got time. (laughs) (laughs) And plus all the engagement on on this on the page has made the week kind of seem uh, full, if you will. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? community group you are missing out i'm telling you this is one part of it it's fun doing this and i hope you all listening and subscribing but you gotta jump into our community group it is going down in there yeah i can't remember what day it was but i literally just had to message y'all like yo i'm out i, I can't get work done if i actually yeah, pay. It was, <laughs> i was probably only 15 minutes into it and i was like no nah, this uh-uh, i can't i can't so <laughs> you know this has actually been way better than i ever you know expected in terms of the participation and engagement that we're getting from everybody so early into the show, man. man. All the love, everybody who's just like reaching out, how we've, we've helped change their perspective on some things and challenge their, you know, existing beliefs. Um, It's been, it's been awesome, man. Just all the love, all the support. It's been great. Uh, Yeah. The the voice. Ah. (laughs) I got to put it out there. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Can you thirst trap by your voice? (laughs) Clearly. Clearly. We're going to see. Clearly. (laughs) Oh, man. No, but, yo, let's uh, go ahead and dive into it. We're going to start off with this uh, first segment. I ain't no expert, but JT, you want to kick it off? Thanks, Dre. This is Minority Mental Health Month, and just to cover mental health, uh, it includes our emotional, uh, psychological, and social well-being. It affects how we think, feel, and act. It also determines how we handle stress, relate to others, and make choices. 
mental health is important in every stage of our life from childhood and adolescence through adulthood. Over the course of our life, we will experience mental health problems in our thinking, mood, behavior, all of that could be affected. Many factors include these following triggers. The anniversary dates of loss or trauma, frightening news events, too much to do, feeling overwhelmed, family friction, the end of a relationship, spending too much time alone, being judged, criticized, teased, or put down, financial problems and bills, physical illness, sexual harassment, being yelled at, aggressive sounding noises, being around someone who has treated you badly, uh, also certain smells, taste, and noises. So for me, I, I've i always understood that mental health was a thing, but I've never actually dived into it until maybe early this year. For me, the whole COVID situation kind of put me into a funk. And after doing a little bit of research, funks are actually uh, phases of mental mental illness. I hate to say that. Is that is that too far? Does that make sense to y'all? It makes sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I don't know much about it, so I'm gonna throw it off on y'all. Yeah, I just want to say this. I'm not really answering, but I just want to say, like, I think I think we really just kind of like miss the fragility of the mind, right? Okay. Um, we always talk about you know the mind is a powerful thing and the mind is this and that, but we also forget how fragile it is, right? So, like I said, it's just interjection. It's not really a, a question or anything. It's just understanding that many different things can set this off. Many different things can cause uh, an early trigger, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, I think where I want to go first, um, I, I know we have, I know I have a question coming up, but where I want to go first is where I want to get into like the parenting connection. But I'll talk about that. But I want to get into our question, and then I'll come back around and probably put in one of my comments. That's right. Um, I, my question for you all is: Are you aware of what affects your mental health currently? Yeah, I mean, I could take a stab at this. I definitely am. Because for me, I don't let a lot affect me, if that makes sense. And when stuff does, it drastically affects me. So it's not something that's like a something I could just brush off. Um, for me, I've been most impacted in terms of uh, negatively, like with my mental health and issues I'm dealing with when it comes to grief um, with my parents, my grandparents, stuff like that. So for me, of course, uh, both of their birthdays, um, for a while, the whole month of September was just a wash because my dad was born on September 1st. My mom's the 21st. So like, as soon as I would get over what I was feeling with my dad, then my mom's issues would come up. Um, and also mother's day, father's day. And then sometimes around the holidays, just when I'm around family and they're not there, uh, you know, I get that trigger. Um, and for me, that's really been the biggest, uh, things aside from that, just like death in general like when other people you know lose people it makes me hurt for them um and it also kind of makes me have to revisit those feelings and thoughts in my mind also dre can i ask you this though real quick and the reason why i'm even asking is because it resonated with me you said certain things affect you and other things don't affect you like how do you know the difference how do you know when something's really affecting you mentally and throwing your whole equilibrium off and how do you know when it's just it's just something that I can just shake off and it's going to be okay. Well, for me, it's very clear cut because one of my coping mechanisms that wasn't necessarily the healthiest thing for me, um, but I really 
became aware of it when I did uh, seek professional help with my therapist was I basically ignored everything. Like if something were to bother me, I would say, oh, okay, let me take that, put it behind this door and never think about it again. So I completely Man, would just you on that. Yeah. So it's almost it was like just real. It's almost like watching a movie, right? It's like yeah. there was a scene, whatever. Like, oh, yeah, I don't like that scene. I'm just going to burn the film. (laughs) So that's that's what it was. But certain things I just no matter how hard I try, I can't I try to put in a closet, but the door just won't close. So I have to deal with it. You Mm got to do it. That's that's, that's big right there. Dealing with it. I feel that. Yeah. So your particular your particular area that you're saying is grief. Grief. Okay. Okay. I think I think for me starting out um, and it's it kind of goes into the comment I kind of teed up a little bit earlier is that I think, I think development developmental years are very, very, very important. And the kind of parenting, and I kind of, I think I mentioned this in another episode, but the kind of parenting that most of us have experienced in, in our community is control over connection. Right. And so certain things used to scare me for real. My mother used to yell at me. I'll be scared of it. Or if they made a sudden movement toward me, I'd be like, what is going on? Why are you coming at me? You know what I'm saying? Um, and then growing up as a teenager, and I'm sure we all have experienced this. And I remember like it was yesterday, even though I haven't been a teenager for decades. Um, it's just that feeling of not being understood, right? Like you don't understand me. You don't try to understand me. But it's really just in a sense of because um, I think because slavery is real and because all those things that kind of led to how we rear people. I think that led into a lot of, you know, our community, how we parent our kids back in the seventies, eighties, nineties, sixties, fifties, you know what I'm saying? It's like, let me control you. Let me make sure that you understand that I'm the boss and you need to do what I say. Don't embarrass me. Don't speak out of turn. Um, Be seen, but not heard. All these things sound familiar to a lot of our listeners and to probably some of you all. Right. Um, Because that's control. But as much as I love my parents and as much as I love the people who were around who affected my life, I can really I, I can point to a handful of people who really tried to actually connect with me. And I think that kind of led into my adulthood and some kind of like you talk about, we talk about mental health, not necessarily mental illness, but mental health in a sense of understanding that some things can really be a conversation. Um, some things that we don't understand can really be something that we can like flesh out. And so like for me. I recognized a bit of anxiety and, you know, a bit of kind of maybe, maybe depression, maybe, I don't know. I've never been diagnosed with depression, but just understanding that I respond differently to things, you know, um, for instance, my oldest daughter, if I say I'm disappointed in you, done, done. I don't, I, I never had to raise my voice. I never had to, you know, spank her or anything. Just say I'm disappointed. She's done. Some kids, you gotta <laughs> you gotta rock out with for them to get it, and I think that's all a part of mental health that we don't really pay attention in kids, and then we grow up to be adults and have to deal with that later. So, like for you, uh, like going back to that question itself, like you mentioned anxiety and you know moments of uh, being depressed. Like, what do you, what are the things that most often like trigger that for you? So, and I think you can compound it. Oh Lord, I'm being so transparent in this thing. You can compound it because, you know, you grew up in rough parts of the city, right? Redlining, make sure that happened. Um, you grew up in certain parts of the city where it's keep your head on a swivel or get it knocked off or blown off, 
You know what I'm saying? And then turning 18, I enlisted into the military. Um, 2004, I found myself over in Balad, Iraq. You know what I'm saying? So here's all these trauma experiences before I turned 25. And so for me, it kind of shows up when, when I say like, everybody keep their hands to themselves. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, some people feel like, yes. you, know, it's cool. you know, Hey, she, she can't hurt you. She can hit you. No, keep your hands to yourself. No sudden movements. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, quit slamming stuff because that does something. Because mm-hmm. I watch so much, you know, domestic abuse as a, as a kid. Um, so, you know, quit slamming stuff. Keep your hands to yourself. Don't run up too quick. Like, let's just deal with each other like adults and not try to, you know, intimidate one another or scare one another or startle one another. You know, so those kind of things show up in very different ways. And I'm not saying that I'm, I'm not right now I'm claiming any kind of PTSD or any kind of depression. I have like at, at this point, I haven't been diagnosed with anything. Um, and I've seen several um, professionals just talking out my military experience, talking out my childhood, talking out, you know, uh, some of the stressors that I've had uh, in my in my adulthood. And um, I haven't been diagnosed with anything, but I have been given some different type of, you know, just some some behavioral modification type of, you know, type of things that helps me make better decisions in a sense. You know what I'm saying? So Sid, um, I want to make sure I heard a piece. We can talk about it later, but I just want to make sure I got it right. Sounds like to sum it up, it's the word suppression. Sounds like, especially in the black community, uh, children are not necessarily allowed to feel or think for themselves. Is that, is that kind of what, did I hear pieces of that? It kind of, it kind of steals your voice, right? Uh It okay. steals your voice. It, it, it invalidates all your experiences as a kid. Okay. Um, then you grow up feeling like I grew up in a figment of my imagination. Almost. You know what I'm saying? Okay. All right. Um, we'll, yeah. we'll pin that because I, I think I, I want to bring that up and bring that up to everyone later, but we'll get everybody yeah. to, uh, to answer this first part. BJ? Yeah. So as far as what affects me or my mental, I guess the thing that can kind of knock me off off my kilter sometimes is definitely certain dates as far as like grief with last year. I think I spoke about how last father's day was really hard. Cause it was the first one I spent without my dad. And that was just a really, really rough day. But another thing I, I know I deal with is once again, like I said, I had mentioned, I've never been diagnosed, but like seasonal depression, I think is something that I struggle with, or even if it's not seasonal, seasonal depression is seasonal unhappiness or trying to be whatever. Cause once I love the the summertime, like I love having the sunlight. I like going out to either the lakes or the pools and stuff like that. And just being out in the sun, the winter is really rough for me. Honestly, it gets dark at five o'clock. It just seems like it just seems heavy in the winter to me personally. So I know that's one of the things that that kind of knocks me off my kilter a little bit or, or, or gets me in a, a certain funk, uh, certain smells that maybe I didn't even know I was um, so how do I put this like one of the the only thing I really got for my dad was his cologne, like his 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 scent is something that. Mm no matter what, like I still wear it to this day because it's his, like that's, 
Gray flannel. That's the only reason I wear it because it's his. Yeah, and obviously, like I've been wearing it since you guys met me. Um, mm-hmm. It's an old man scent, but that's the only reason I wear it. So sometimes it's like a way to stay connected. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes it also I smell it and it takes me back to times where it's like not the greatest as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't realize my mom used to always try to get me to buy different colognes, and now. Hindsight 2020 is it probably was a trigger for her for not so good things. And I'm wearing oh, it all wow. the time. And it's something I never really thought about. You know what I'm saying? But she can't say, don't worry, because it make me think about right. that nigga. She just kind of like say, why don't you try this one yeah. here and there? And I never, mm. I was too young you- to, get, to get the connection. Like it was my way to hold on to him. But she, she didn't want to smell that shit. Um, so sorry about that, mom. Um, and then other triggers, one bad one is one I didn't even realize I had was a couple years ago. JT, I mean, BJ, real quick, before you press on, I just got to ask you about this because one thing I see that happens is that in order to accommodate somebody else's triggers, we ignore ours and that's not healthy, right? Um, and I think sometimes people have to understand that, yes, something triggers you this way, but I'm a different person. And so mm-hmm. this is a different type of thing to me. Right. So it's, it's a perfect juxtaposition that you just brought up mm-hmm. for you. You're holding on to something because you were building something when your father passed. Right. But then your mother, she's been there. Right. So both of y'all have different type of triggers. Your triggers taking you to a place of almost not really nostalgia, but just what could have been. Right. Mm-hmm. Mom, mom was there. She knows what it was. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I think it's important, especially in relationships, um, coming off of that week, Lord, it's important to understand that everybody has different triggers and you have to be able to respect everybody's trigger and everybody's, you know, thought process with different things. Every action has an equal and opposite reaction, right? For, for sure. And she and she definitely did. Like she she didn't say I couldn't wear it. She just would just kind of try to get me to wear something else. You know what I'm saying? But at that point, like I said, I was too young to understand the power of scents and smells, even though I was holding on to it. I didn't understand it. And I didn't understand what maybe could have been doing to her. You know, Mm -hmm. just because it was her trigger doesn't mean she wanted to keep me away from it, per se. Like, she wasn't going to, like, just like, no, you can't do that. Because there's something else she had to deal with. Just something else she had to deal with, you know. Um, So as far as, like, another trigger, like I said, I didn't realize I had until... I think it was a couple years ago. I uh, I was back home in Michigan, and my mom and my stepdad they were they were just having an argument. Nothing crazy. Nobody, you know, he has never put his hands on her or nothing like that. But they were having an argument, and I was sitting in the kitchen, and I um, just started to get really, really nervous and really kind of shaky and. My heart started beating fast and, and just feeling um, extremely uneasy. And I just like, like I've seen domestic violence as well when I was like seven, eight. And I there was nothing I could do to to uh, to stop it when you're that young. So at this time, I'm, you know, 37 years old, but I immediately went back to a seven-year-old boy and all of those feelings and all of those apprehensions and stuff like that. And 
it was like what's crazy it was like right before i was getting ready to go to the airport to leave and i told my mom i said y'all y'all can't do that in front of me Hmm. you know and it was just one of those things and i hate it a lot of times i don't talk a lot about a lot of things because i don't want anybody else to feel bad you know and my mom's like i'm sorry baby i know sometimes life was hard i was young and stuff like that and she was like, I know I fucked you up. And it was just one of those, like, I never want my mom to ever think that she didn't do a good job. You know what I'm saying? Shit was hard sometimes. There's a lot of shit I don't talk about. Uh, but I didn't realize I had that problem until that moment. Uh, and that's why now, like, like just said, you were talking about like with just dealing in relationships, like don't run up on me. You know what I'm saying? Don't one, don't, if I'm dealing with somebody that can make me get to a certain point of rage, I am, I'm done with you. I, I, there's there's no reason to try to fix this. Like you literally push those buttons on purpose repeatedly. So I, I can't I can't allow myself to ever be like that guy that did that to my mother. So yeah. since you put me in that headspace, I can't fuck with you. Yeah. And that's well, just dope that, for both of us. What's dope is that you're able to self-regulate that. Mm-hmm. A lot mm-hmm. of people gotta take medicine to self-regulate. And some people don't fact, even recognize it. All and some time. people don't recognize it exactly, and that's that's a big part of it. But the fact that you're able to recognize it and say, "This is what I need to do," and we talked about this before, reestablishing boundaries. Mm-hmm. Before it may have been wide open, but now since I've experienced some things, I there's certain things that can't be in my environment. Right? There's certain things I just can't allow. Like you can talk it, you can call it standards, you can call it bougie, you can call it, um, oh, you think you whatever, whatever. Call it what you want to call it, but I have to reestablish boundaries to protect my mm-hmm. mental health because yep. I don't know how I'm going to react mm-hmm. when I'm triggered. I don't know. Absolutely. Nobody knows. Absolutely. I, I'm. I'm the biggest right now. I. I am. I think I said it last week. Maybe like I am. I am the biggest guy right now. I was like, I'm not about to argue with your ass. Like. I will talk to you tomorrow. I can't do it anymore. Um, I think what people don't understand is like you're responsible for your own peace. That's why it's called inner peace. Nobody else can give it to you. That's something you have to work on and and make it happen. And if that means you have to give up some things to make sure that happens, and some things might be some people, it might be some actions, it might be um, where even if it's just like a conversation. There are times where me and my mother could be talking and, you know, she's she could be venting about my brother or things that's going on at home or a sister and stuff like that or whatever it is. Like she's got to get stuff off her chest, her chest. And I I let it happen. You know, we talk. But then there's a time I have this phrase. It's not my monkey. It's not my circus. Like I'm you're not about to fuck up my day talking about they shit. I got shit to do today. So, yeah, we can have this conversation here and there, but after so long, if I feel like you're impeding on my mental stability or my mental peace or the fact that I just don't, I don't, I don't want that. I don't, I don't have to deal with it. Like they are grown just like I am or this, whatever, whatever the situation is, whoever we're talking about or whatever it is. And I tell my mom all the time, 
whether it's talking about me, my brother, my sister, other people, they are grown. You did your job. Yeah. You don't have to. You, I want her to stop carrying some of that. You did your job. Now, you taught us all how to work hard, how to get money, how to do what we have to do. Be a nana and enjoy yourself. That is that is literally your job right now is to enjoy the rest of your time. So sometimes it may seem selfish, but I think we have to be selfish with our own mental health because Absolutely. if For we sure. don't, nobody else can save you. So yeah, nobody you, gotta, knows you, like you know you. You gotta you gotta do it yourself. So yeah, but yeah. I mean, I, I'm proud of you for that share, man. That was that, was, that was big you to put that's, it out there like that, um, for real. And I think you know what you said at the end, like we're responsible for our own mental health. Like sometimes you, <laughs> and I know time back to last episode, it's going to be taken out of context. But sometimes in that manner, you have to be selfish. Yeah, you mm-hmm. have to make sure because I mean, at the end of the day, nobody else really knows what you're going through. And if you can't take the time to deal with it, identify it, figure out how to correct it, you can't even bring anybody else in if you didn't, if you wanted to. Right. But Dre, mm-hmm. how can you show up as your best self if you're never selfish? Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Like there's got to be some decisions you make for yourself. Absolutely. That makes you your best self. And for me, That's like true. if you only make one decision for yourself, it should be about your mental health. Man. Like Man. this is that important. Yeah. Yeah, uh, JT, I think you're the last one to uh, go on this. Um, So, BJ touched on um, one of my, I guess, my issues is the uh, seasonal depression. Mm. Um, Every fall, as it gets colder, I guess a little bit, uh, right about, I'll say the first week in December, when it, like, naturally, generally gets cold, for some reason, I slip into this, like, uh, if I could paint a picture, it's like a black and white inner city depressive jazz music mood, like a monologue, and you you walk yeah. down the street. <laughs> For real, like I literally slip into that um every year, and then you know Christmas comes, and Christmas has now become slightly depressing because there's less and less people at the table and this year. And you know, holidays are tough. Yeah, wow. I, and yeah. I and I've never been that person. So that's you know, I I I do well. I, I think I think I recognize what it is, and I may cry. You know what I'm saying? Because I I remember one year I had to literally get up from the from the t- uh, table during dinner, go into the other room, and cry a little bit because I it hit me that my world was changing, and it mm-hmm. always happens. Uh, in the winter during the uh changing of the seasons. Um I I believe that I suffer from anxiety in the way of not fully owning my thoughts and my feelings, even though I'm a grown ass man. As a child, and I know this is going to the second question. Um, I'm just, I'm just going to take it there because Dre, you talked already, right? I want, I'll make sure no one skipped here. Um, for me, I don't think I was necessarily allowed to own my thoughts, own my feelings, um, own, own just 
on my own schedule in life. And I think trying to come up with the best strategy for myself causes anxiety. I mean, JT, if I can just jump in real quick, because you're giving me a thought about something I posted a few years ago, and it's always been in my heart, um, and it's always in my mind, um, and, I, and I encourage everyone to do it. It's just in the sense of really dealing with all those thoughts and dealing with all those feelings, like really, really dealing with them, right? I remember I posted some years ago, just in a sense, and I think about it all the time, just in a sense of cry until you can't cry anymore. Um, scream until your voice goes hoarse. Um, pray until you have nothing else to say and you're ready to listen. Um, deal with those issues because they're killing you. Um, and the reason why I say that is because a lot of things that we've talked about up until this point, man, these are things that have been internal, right? Um, JT, you said that. Everybody said that. These are things I, I think about. These are things I deal with. Um, and I think it, it comes a point in time where, um, and I, there's another post I posted too that just said, very rarely is it the problem that kills you, but it's the coping mechanism that gets us, mm. right? Yep. And so um, I I just wanted to really just interject and just kind of be like, make sure that we're dealing with this stuff because some of this stuff we're talking about, we've been knowing each other for years. Some of the stuff we haven't articulated in the way that we're articulating right now. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and it just takes a moment and a time where somebody's really listening um, and someone's really able to receive what you're saying and you're able to get out everything that you have on your heart. And when that happens, um, we got to be at a point to be able to deal with those issues and then be able to let it go. Because really, in all honesty, those issues, those memories, those triggers, those thoughts that pop up, um, those coping mechanisms that we try to that we try to deal with those um, before dealing with the issue, um, that really what that's really what kills us. The old saying goes: Life is ten percent what happens to you and ninety percent how you respond to it. Yeah. Right. Like that's real. I can determine so much just on how I handle things, how I address stuff, how I deal with, cope with stuff. Yeah, because I always say, like, you can't you can't help how you feel, but you can certainly control how you respond to it. Right. And before we uh, move on to the next question, I did have a question. JT and BJ both mentioned one of their, like, triggers is actually uh, idea of seasonal, like, depression. Um, for me, that's, that's never been something I really understood. Um, I don't. Like the change of season just doesn't affect me like that. So it's a it's a foreign concept to me. And if y'all could elaborate on that somehow or just like explain what that looks or feels like, because there might be other people out there that don't get it like I don't get it. So for me, it's it's the change in my routine. It's the change in how things look uh, and feel. So so you wake up, the sun is either out or not out. There's a change in that. They're kind of like it does something. And then, so leaving home, for, uh, leaving work to go home one minute, it's, it's daylight and it's fine. And then later in the year, it's pitch black dark. It does something to me. I, mm -hmm. I can't fully tell you exactly what it is. All I know is I am somehow affected by just the change of season, I guess, cause it throws me off, off my balance, off, off how I normally do things, how I normally see things. I'm a person of patterns and, and of schedule and like, and of routine. Um, you know, I may miss routine and be late here and there, but for the most part, I like things the same. And, you know, so the season's changing that it does it to me. Like it gets cold all of a sudden. Well, not all of a sudden, it, 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 you know, but yeah, I don't like change. That's what it is. I well, don't like. Change. 
in Kentucky, it can be all of a sudden. It'll be <laughs> it'll be eighty degrees fall and today, and tomorrow it'll be fifty-seven. I think for me, it's just the the lack of sunlight, especially so. Like when I used to work at at the steakhouse, and I if I would go to work at like six in the morning, I'm going at six. It's dark, but I'm inside all day, and if I leave at five, it's dark. So I miss an entire day. Like there's there's nothing. By the time you get home, even though it's only seven o'clock, mm-hmm. it feels like it's bedtime. Um, yeah. It's just cold, dreary, no sunlight. You yeah. can't really be outside. It's I don't know, man. It just felt it's a lack. It's a lack of joy. Well, yeah. Lack. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like after, like I'm good all the way up until about October. I like uh, around that time you can, you can still kind of sit out a little bit, do your fire pits and shit like that. It's not too cold or whatever you want to do, but then it gets to the point where it just starts getting darker earlier and earlier and earlier. Next thing you know, it's like four thirty and the sun's starting to go down. Like it's yeah. My my so, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. So like with that, would you say like it just impacts your mood, or is there other parts of your life or your psyche that's impacted by that? For Both? me, it's, yeah, yeah, it's mood, um, and just how I interact with people in general. Because mm. one, you know, it's it's dark early because it gets cold, so I'm not interacting with people as much. I become a, a straight up hermit uh, in the house, and you know, if you know me, you know I like being around people until I don't want to be around people. So, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> on your terms. Actually, Jesse, I don't know that you like being around people. On, on his terms. Our latest. <laughs> you know what I'm so, yeah, and, that, and that's really what it is. And it's not my terms. And so it's, I think it, it throws the routine of my everyday life, the lack of sunlight. And I know what I've read, rather, that the lack of sunshine can affect people's mood. Um, yeah, I'll just like, Yep. Just, I, just hate, yeah. I just hate going I, in when it's dark and getting out when it's dark when you go to work. Just, yeah, it's the worst. It's the worst. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I think it's just a thing. It just sucks for me. You know, it doesn't have a... For me, I don't feel like it has any deep um, hold on me. I just think it it sucks. <laughs> I'm just like, like, for me, I'm it's not even like the entire time. winter. It's just like you have these spurts of like, uh, fuck, I really don't even feel like leaving the house today. Or I can like on a Saturday or Sunday, if I don't have to work, I literally can lay there all day and just watch TV and my own funk. Like it's terrible. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're literally just just sitting there. But is it because a I don't because it's just a change of mood though. It's fucking cold. I don't want to go outside. It's cold. You know what I'm saying? You know how so these much are reasons. You're not just laying around for no reason, though, BJ. You're not just laying around and just be laying around. You're like, it's cold, I ain't going outside. It's cold, <laughs> <I ain't> <laughs> right? Outside. It's dark. It's dark, that. so I ain't going outside. <laughs> like, so you have reasons. <laughs> I guess I don't go out of code either. No, I, I guess it's, I guess maybe no. I get what y'all are um, saying. It's actually kind of eye opening because I don't see it like that um, with me. Like I don't mind the dark. It doesn't necessarily affect my mood, like y'all are saying. And I think part of that too is because I'm so used to not getting off of work until it is late and dark anyway. So I don't necessarily get a ton of sunlight. <laughs> most days unless i'm off work and i give kudos to you especially the way i feel now but if i was living in new york feeling like this yeah that the concrete jungle being depressed because the season changed it wouldn't be a good look for me at all so i give you i give you much credit for that Mm-mm. yeah no that's interesting um yeah i appreciate y'all for sharing that because i always wondered about 
the whole seasonal depression thing, and that definitely sheds some light on it. JT, you want to kick us off on the next next lap around the around the mics? Yeah. So we touched on it a little bit before, but uh, the second question is: Growing up, what was your perceptions of mental health and mental health care, uh, and were there any stigmas that surrounded it? Sid. Well, growing up for me, this is BJ, by the way. <laughs> growing up for me, there really wasn't any, I guess, really stigmas. It's something that really wasn't talked about too often. Um, now, at one point, my mom did make me go talk to somebody because she thought I was being very uh, preoccupied. And sometimes I can, I can be very introverted when something's wrong with me. Like if something's wrong and you and you can know something's wrong, but if I don't want to talk about it, you're wasting your time. And because of like being the oldest and having a young mother that went through a lot of hardships, I saw it all. And then with seeing it all, there are certain walls and defenses that probably were built, and I started to just exhibit exhibit a lack of trust in pretty much all humanity. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't, I didn't trust any, any, any guy. Like it was tough when my mom wanted to marry my stepdad. Cause I didn't trust him. You know, after seeing what I have seen from the previous relationship, there was just like no way in my little, you know, I'm nine years old. Um, unfortunately, like we said, the quote-unquote man in the house, which I wasn't, right? But I'm not going to let nobody else hurt my mom again, even though there ain't shit I can do about it for real. I'm nine years old. There's nothing I can do about it. But that was my take on it. You know right. what I'm saying? Hit chitty, chitty, bang, bang, if I had a chance. But, I, you know, if that was my take on it. So it was just one of those things where because of some of that, I was just a little different at times. And we moved around a lot. So I was like always the new kid in the class. So I was always, you guys don't believe it, but I was, I grew up really shy for a very long time because for years, what? for years, I was the, the new kid, like probably five or six years in a row. It was a different school. That sucks. You know, being a kid is hard yeah. enough, but when you're the new kid all the time, that shit fucking sucks. So my mom, you know, she had the foresight to have me go talk to somebody and stuff like that but other than that it really wasn't a huge thing that was talked about in in our community or in our, or in the household yeah so for me just all the way real with it growing up in western louisville crazy people go to the crazy house to get their mental health checked out right crazy people get on medication um don't put my business out there in these streets what goes on in this house goes on in this house mm-hmm. all these tied into receiving any kind of help or different perspective from what I grew up in. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was so, it, it, it was so taboo. It was so just, you know, um, I remember, <laughs> I remember one time I came home and like, you know, one of those times I was at home cause I usually was out running with my boys. I playing ball somewhere and <laughs> my mother, she wanted me to do something. I said, I'm so tired of this dysfunctional family. <laughs> man she said don't be coming back here with them big old words trying to talk about something we're not dysfunctional (laughs) we're dysfunctional af you know know what i'm saying 
um, just in a sense, we weren't like that. It was just in a sense of that we really, you know, I mean, how do you how do you learn certain relationships? How do you learn certain things? You know, my mom was relatively young when she had us, and um, we were relatively young. Obviously, we were not relatively at all. We were young, you know, trying to figure out how how to process things. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but it, whatever was going to process, uh, matter of fact, and then growing up in church, take it to Jesus. Yeah. See, I was just getting ready to get into that. Yeah, that's that's and, part of it, but I'll let you tell your part. Well, I'm going to cut you off Sim- simply because, sorry, <laughs> I think my mom being younger, she was more open. No, seriously, it, it, it goes together. She was more open to like saying we need to go talk to somebody versus, you know, I think like our grandparents, our great grandparents, it was all about if Jesus can't fix it, it can't be fixed. Right. And unfortunately, I know I have family members that when he was really young, he was diagnosed with some stuff. But granny's like, no, nah, we're going to pray on it and it's going to be OK. So that's not always the case. You know, sometimes you have to understand, yeah, you can believe in Jesus and God and all that. But just believe that, like in science, too, like. God was For able, real. you know, seriously, like God, my spooky. We're making my guy spooky. Right. He's practical. Exactly. He gave, so people I, to help he people. gave you the, gave you the answer, but you're going to say, no, 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 that's not what it is because you don't want to believe it. You don't want to believe there might be something wrong with your son, but it is. And you just chose not to get that addressed. But I just think sometimes we use religion as a crutch, not to do the things that we need to do for ourselves. Yeah. Uh, so, for me, it's a whole bunch of mixed messages. Um, I, I think I, I mentioned this is some su- suppression there, but you can't run and tell uh, the church anything because you can't tell your family's business because then the church is going to be talking about you. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't really, uh, you can't really go tell anybody anything because not if not connected to the church you can't tell anybody because then now your business is in the street streets mm-hmm. um uh, but at the same time i i kind of found like it was okay to talk to a professional because i had to when i was young mm-hmm. uh when i was in the fourth grade i how put this I ran through the emotions of committing suicide. So um, long story short, kids, uh, motherfucker, I got teased in school. I hated it. I said, fuck this. I'm going to take myself out. Um, I think for like maybe a month straight, I would wake up around about three o'clock, go to the kitchen, almost. Actually, sometimes I did. I put a knife to my wrist not really knowing what I was doing as a young kid, but thinking like, that's how I could do it. And so one day I actually, I got fed up and I told, um, I wrote a note and left it on my teacher's desk and then went out to play. So literally while um, we're out at recess, I'm told to come back into the office and sat down. My mom was there and the whole nine. And from that situation, I went into counseling. So I have, so many different mixed messages about um, mental health and speaking to professionals, speaking to God about it. It's, it's definitely one of those things 
where it's all the right answers and it's all the wrong answers at the same time. And here's what trips me out about that, JT, man, because like I know you from DeVille. And every time I saw you, you had a smile on your face. Oh. Every time somebody talked about you, they talked about you in a in a jovial way. You know what I'm saying? Like JT, cool dude. You know what I'm saying? I never saw you upset. But those you know, to be to be transparent, that's that's generally how I am. You know. Yeah, that's but what I'm saying. Those, well, and that's what I'm pointing out. Just all those, these things you're dealing with. Oh yeah, and nobody you're able to you able to show this face of like I'm JT, I'm here. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying. Um, you know, and I and I and I appreciate that. I think it's nothing but God that you know has kept me, of course, through that and through many many other things. I don't look like what I've been through. <laughs> Come on, mm-hmm. right. podcast, but I'll run. Right. I mean, but isn't that the the mask that we wear every day because we have to? Like, you literally have to get up and go to work every day. I think sometimes for me, working is. One of the reasons I do it so much that I get a second job is because, like, it's something that, one, we can always, I can control. I can control when I get to work. I can control the job that I do. It's always something to be done while you're at work. So it can it takes your mind off of maybe the real world or anything yeah. that you might be dealing with other than that. And having gainful employment and having jobs that you really appreciate is a reason to get up it's a reason to you know just keep pushing because there are times where you might not feel like doing something else and you won't do it but damn it i gotta go to work then are those those days you need to take that day off or whatever sure but for the most part that's what keeps me driving sometimes but the problem with that bj what's not a problem but this other side to that is that that's how you see people ignoring their situation and knowing what they probably need to yes. face by throwing themselves into work, into family, into so many other things. They don't mm-hmm. get allow themselves to have that time to sit and contemplate and go through whatever it is they actually need to go through to have, oh. have themselves well-rounded and refresh and to relax, relate, release. You know what I'm saying? That's, Absolutely. Absolutely. So you got to be careful with that, man. No, you but really- what I'm saying is I think that's what makes it easy for him to say every time I saw you, this, this, and this. It was like, because you, you, you're living. You're, you're just yeah. pushing forward. So you're not wearing what you're doing on your sleeve automatically. And that's why people say, hey, check on your strong friends. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because you never weird. know. I guess for me, I'm a little bit of a mixture of everybody's responses. I've never actually had anybody growing up like tell me that it was a bad thing or that it was just taboo or anything like that. But it was just something that you just noticed. You could just tell, mm. like you just didn't go to counseling. You didn't go to therapists. Like said was saying earlier, like crazy people go to the crazy house, right? In the eighties, when we were raised, going to the therapist wasn't normalized. It just wasn't a standard practice that happened. If you heard about anybody going to therapist, whether it was for grief whether it was for depression, whether it was for their marriage, everybody else in the community would be like, oh, you hear that they went to a therapist? Like, mm-hmm. it just wasn't. Yeah. It's it just, bad. like, as a standard, Yeah, it just wasn't, like, a thing. Like, it wasn't anything necessarily, like, in my household where it was talked bad upon or good upon or talked right. good about. It just wasn't talked about. And that's all we saw. Yeah. Right. So, like, growing up, I just always had that feeling like, all right, well, 
all I know is that it's taboo. So clearly it ain't for me. And it was just something that I resisted for far too long um, because of those early childhood, I guess, uh, thoughts that I grew up living with. I, I have a question real quick. Go ahead. Do you think as far as our community is involved or affected by the fact that it costs money to go to therapists too? Like we didn't always have extra income to be go. And you know, our grandparents and great grandparents to go tell these white people our business, you know what I'm saying? Like, yep. what, is, what, what, that, what is, yep. what is, what can this person tell me about this, this, and this, and I don't have an extra, I don't know what, $50 a session to, each week. That's $200 a month to go talk to somebody. I think mm-hmm. the fact that we couldn't afford it definitely probably so had something to, to do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I do. And I don't. And the only reason I say that is because it was so taboo. It didn't matter if it was a dollar or if it was five hundred dollars per yeah, session. Yeah, you better keep it we, a secret. We wouldn't get to that stage. I just think I don't. I don't think that the finances. I think the finances would have limited people's access if it was something that wasn't taboo. But the fact that it was so taboo, people didn't even consider it. I think. I think it was also mm. just a lack of trust. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Just trauma, absolutely because of trauma. Yeah. The trauma of systemic oppression. And there was no black therapist that we that you really knew of. So therefore, nope. here you are, this person in the black community about to go to mm-hmm. a white person, sit on a couch about the, all your black problems. And, and they can't understand none. none the of only reason right. the only reason I don't see a therapist today is because there are literally when I go on what is it, uh psychologytoday.com mm-hmm. and you put your zip code in there, um, for a hundred miles there may be one black male therapist and I've sat with, I'm not saying, I'm not saying you can't go to anybody else, but I've sat with other, other, you know, uh, they're not racist because it's a human race. There are other ethnicities, ethnicities. I've sat with them and they've even, they said it. They're like, listen, I cannot speak to your experience as a black man in America. And and to me, that was a big part, but they, they said that that wasn't me. They said that. I, so for I, me, it creates a barrier for me to just go and let out these black problems. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I but, don't. But, all, get... but all of your problems, black problems, right? So I think, of course, because I'm a black man. Of course, that's not it's a trichotomy. For me, for me, for me. I, so if I was to write a book, this would be the title: "The Trichotomy of Being uh, African American, uh, um, uh, Christian, and Being a uh, Dang." Trichotomy of, uh, and being a Christian. You said Christian twice. Are you double Christian? Oh, dang. Yep. Mm. I'm double. I'm double. I'm double dip in it. <laughs> Jesus Christian first cousin. plus plus. <laughs> no, I think it was, I think, I think it was, because I've, I've talked about it so many times. It's, 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 it's Christian, it's uh, African-American and being a male um, mm. in this country. Those are three different dichotomies, right? And so I'm always those things. So when can it not be a black thing when I'm always, I'm right, always black? I, I, I think what BJ saying though is okay. that some, every problem that you have is going to have a different spin on it because you're black but depression guilt anger uh grief all of these things aren't necessarily black black problems but what about brought on by different things that are black problems i still feel like there's systemic oppression systemic oppression like you can't sit in with go ahead no i just feel like there's a logical way to break those things down and still recognize you as black that i think that's the key that you may want to give them a shot and I think that's a level to get to, though. 
right? I think it's a level to get to. I think I think you can start off a way that you can establish a foundation of of what you're trying to build to and what you where you're trying to go. And then I think as another step where you've 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 been seeing someone. So now it doesn't matter because now you're dealing with absolutely colorless issues. But like I said, I don't think it's ever covered colorless. I think so, I'm always gonna show up as a black man. I'm always so gonna show up. Let me let me jump in here because like for me personally, I'm open about this. Like I've seen a therapist for over five years in a row, um, at one time. And she is a Jewish white lady. And a lot of the stuff that I deal with is specific to me, is specific to the black community. And there are times when, you know, we're talking and we're going through stuff and she's just like, oh my gosh, I can't hardly relate to how you feel because of those issues aren't parts of her life. She's not a male. She's not um, African-American, but whether they've actually had experience with what we're dealing or not doesn't necessarily mean they can't help guide us through what we're dealing with. True. I'm just so like, I'm just saying like, I wouldn't hesitate or I wouldn't want people to say, Oh, if I don't find, yeah, don't, if you can't find a black therapist, that means you shouldn't, or that means I'm going to put hold off therapy because it doesn't have to be. I think if you could find somebody you're comfortable with, no matter what race, um, gender or whatever it is, if you, if they can help you, they can help you. Right. So this has been my experience. I I don't want to, okay, let me just, let me clarify that and quantify that. Uh, I qualify that. Um, this is my experience, right? I've been to four different therapists trying to start this treatment, right? In a sense of, and, and two of them, no, three of them were white women. And the fourth one was a white dude, a homosexual white dude. Like he was very flamboyant with it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, and so I have these four different people and they both are telling me like, you have a good support system. So we don't want you to waste your money coming to us. Um, and they, and they actually suggested that if I do want to continue coming, that I, that I find somebody who is a black male or a black woman. Um, so, so, so that's just my experience. I'm not saying that's everybody's. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying there. And what I hear there, especially with it coming from four different people is they're saying you're not necessarily an ideal candidate for professional therapy in general. Mm-hmm. They're saying if you want to do it, since it's not necessarily a, a typical case of somebody who needs professional counseling, you might as well go see a black male because the problems that you're dealing with aren't typical mental therapy discussions. So like you wouldn't really get much from it. So you might as well go to somebody who can relate to you on a different level because you're not that typical case. Or just come talk to us. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have a good support system. That's what they said. You have a good support system. They actually cash at me after the episode. <laughs> you cannot afford me, brother. You know what I'm saying? You cannot afford me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Dre's like, that's not enough. Estimates is to come back. Nope. <laughs> not I'm, not, I'm not hardening it or nothing. Like, you know what no. <laughs> hey, guys, this has been great, but let's take a quick pause uh, for commercial and we'll come right back. Yo, what's up, everybody? Again, we really appreciate all the engagement that we're getting in the Facebook community group. But real quick, we want to make sure that you guys don't forget to check out our brand new website. It's at www.the1528podcast.com. That's T-H-E-1528podcast.com. 
We have our show segments there. You can go listen to the episodes. We just uploaded our Spotify playlist for each of the hosts. So you can go check that out as well as being able um, to have direct links to all of your favorite podcast players right at the bottom of each page. So really make sure you go check that out. And last thing, just a really quick ask. If you guys like what you're listening to, please, if your podcast player allows it, go leave us a review. Um, If you want to share, great. But those reviews are really, really vital in terms of helping other people who aren't in our immediate circles find us through the rankings. So we really appreciate um, all the reviews that we do have. We're in double digits already. Um, Hopefully, maybe by the end of this week, we can hit triple digits. Um, So if you guys could just take a minute to do that, we really, really appreciate it. Thanks again. And uh, we'll kick it back to the show. So, hey, fellas, I got one more question for you. What obstacles have you faced, if you faced any obstacles, uh, when trying to deal with your mental health care? I can take a stab at this first. Um, I probably have a little bit longer list um, than the others. I think the first issue that I had was just flat out dealing with the stigma around getting help um, in the black community. I had to actually get to the point where I was basically like i can't help myself so i have to rely on somebody so that actually took years before i was actually at that point um, where i did do that but then once i did the other issue which was monumental for me is i didn't know how to find a good counselor the resources aren't great as you guys can imagine people don't want their business out on the street so it's not a ton of reviews for uh, therapists Um, And I'm in an area where I didn't have people here in New York City that I could actually get a good referral from. So I was kind of doing it on my own without any really help much from the Internet. Um, So it was kind of one of those things where I saw something that I read online. It said just because you see a therapist once or twice doesn't mean that that's your therapist. Um, So I actually went. And I kind of tested the waters with two people. And I just kind of got that vibe like, I don't feel myself really opening up to them. I don't feel myself being able to share in a honest enough way that I'm going to get anything out of this. I fully believe that if you're going to do therapy, it's like all or nothing. You're going to be as real as you can or you just shouldn't do it. So right. I couldn't, I didn't, I didn't feel that connection with them. Um, and then I, when I found Dr. Futterman after a couple episodes, I mean, a couple. <laughs> Uh, after, yeah, that one. After a couple Butterman sessions, me off. Doctor Who. I told, <laughs> I told you my therapist is a, a Jewish white woman, Doctor Shira Futterman. Futterman, hit up if you guys need a uh, counseling in New York City. Spell it. But <laughs> first of all, y'all gonna stay out of my business. Y'all gonna right. hack my doctor's accounts, <laughs> getting all the juice. Um, but anyway, no. So when I found her, I went to a couple uh, sessions and. It actually was really good. Like by the time I got to the second episode, I mean, damn it. (laughs) Second segment, we had talked about more um, than I did with all the other therapists combined. So I really just got a good vibe. And then I kept rocking out from there. Um, The only other hurdle, and BJ kind of alluded to it earlier, is the finances. Because it wasn't cheap. It's actually got more expensive because I switched jobs in between. And one of them had a copay where it was covered in it. And with this, I'm basically paying out of pocket. So there is an inherent expense to it. 
Um, and part of that could depend on who you're going to see. Thank goodness nowadays they have a lot more focus on help mental health care and it's built into a lot more insurances to cover it. And there are even, I wouldn't say collectives, but there are resources that you can go online um, that are more um, affordable options for um, counseling uh, for people that need them. Definitely reach out and I could shoot you the links. I don't have know them off the top of my head, but um, it's different places. But yeah, the finances were something I had to kind of deal with. So, but but I also had to prioritize. Like, yeah, a pair of shoes isn't as important as seeing a therapist. So yeah, it is what it is. Huge in this. So that's funny. Um, like you, you see one, and I think so. I see one now, and to get to this point, it's been actually comical. One, I was just lazy. Um, I was like, I used to say like, oh, I would like to see one. I think I need one. It'd be great. That whole nine, but actually doing the work to find one, it took forever. Mm-hmm. Um, then kind of like what you said, like I didn't have any references to kind of go off of. Like there's nobody like, hey man, this this one dude helped me get my shit together. Like, you know, <laughs> nah man. Yeah, it's just not happening. <laughs> um, and then my job, they offer counseling. But you got to call into this line. And to me, that's that trust issue of like, I'm not connecting my therapy with my job. I don't <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. What, what if what right. if I need like to talk a, shit about my therapy right. about my job that's tonight? It's <laughs> a wonderful idea. Right. <laughs> I, I get it for those, you know what I'm saying? Because if you can't, if you have no other uh, vehicle, by all means, take advantage of it. Take absolute advantage of it. Um, yeah. But I ended up finding one and Silly me, I kind of wanted this like TV movie therapy session where I'm laying on on somebody's whatever <laughs> couch, whatever ottoman. Pamby Pamby land. You know what I'm saying? And they ask me these extremely thought provoking and deep questions that make me cry and stuff like that, and and pull me on my uh and and uh pull me on my shit. But I I have I have one now and. I appointed him to the podcast, so he may be listening. He may not. But um, the problem I have now is I don't feel like he – I don't want to be attacked, but I kind of want somebody to kind of get to, like – I want that that question. Or that like, moment. you know you're bullshitting, JT, this, this, and this. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, you got to be challenged. Yeah, yeah. Hold I, you accountable. Yeah, I don't think I'm being challenged. I think – we're still building a relationship because I've only been doing this maybe like two months now. Um, and so it's one of those things where I like it, it needs to get real, real quick, or I know I'm going to feel like I'm wasting my time. Mm-hmm. And so that is my obstacle um, right now with dealing with my, uh, my mental health care. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, I think that's a conversation that you could have because it might be something where he is holding back until he feels like you trust him enough mm-hmm. that you won't lock down if he asks you or the if he pushes thing. you or if he. Yeah. Um, so it might it might be it might be intentional. Well, let me. I don't know. I don't know if if you're listening, Doc, <laughs> like, come with it. Like, I am not. I think we've we've had plenty of conversations where I could have been like, nah, I ain't answering that. I'll give some fluff answer but i've been i i'm aries i'm blunt i'm to the point especially i want to get my point across and so in these sessions i'm not wasting my money nor my time (laughs) by my shit and so if you see a gap or some area where you can be like oh let's unpack that 
but I need you to be able to understand what needs to be unpacked because I'm just going to tell you off the riff and not even think about it. I kind of need help. You need to point out some things because if I'm talking, I'm just talking and sometimes it'll go right over my head. So I kind of need the therapist to be like, hey, that what you said right there? That's your shit. That's your problem. Like X, Y, Z. So that that's what I, you know, I kind of want my, 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 my therapist to cuss at me a little bit. What's wrong with me? <laughs> so, y'all just, so y'all sitting on a, on a consultation with JT. Live. You heard it here first on 1528 Podcast. Again, you guys can just call us. We got you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I'll cuss you out for damn sure. <laughs> the, ca- the cash app is dollar sign. Hey, M-I-S. let me tell you this right now. Let me tell you this right now. JT did this magic act one time. Trip me out, right? So me and me and Dre was into it, as we always are. <laughs> like me and Dre was into it over something. Sounds it, right. It could have been over oxygen. It could have yeah, been over. You're painting with a broad stroke right now. You know what I'm saying? It could be. It could be any reason that. We're <laughs> And, and and JT did like this. He was like, Cedrice. Yes, never Cedrice. <laughs> <laughs> he kept saying my name. I was like, <laughs> yo, it, it was a damn, it was a damn uh, therapist and get out. Like, I swear. Sam's you know like, what I'm saying? I was like, sat up okay. and everything. I was like, I'm good. All right. I was like, thanks for pulling me out of that dark space. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it is. Wait, no, but that actually made me think about something that JT said, which is actually kind of funny for me. Um, the first time I actually saw a therapist, I went in expecting that whole movie yeah. TV therapist situation, and I saw the couch, and so I was like, "Oh, this ain't lo- this ain't uh, big enough for me to lay down in." There's like, you you don't you don't actually have to do that. <laughs> I was I, I was kind of disappointed, but I was like. But that's what they do on TV. Man, listen, I went in, I went in, my first time going in, my first time going in, it was so weird. I had to say it in my Louisville accent. It was so weird. Man, because I'm in here, I'm like, okay, I got to pour out my heart. I got to give you all my emotions and I got to be true to this. I got to, so I'm in here like, you know. And, and all this and all that, right? I'm giving it to, and I'm and some tears are flowing, and not something's wrong with my tear ducts. I don't cry. You know I me. Mean? So like I'm in here, like I'm in. I'm in here, like hey, I'm giving it my all to therapy. But why does it sound so sexual? Right? Oh my I'm, gosh, I don't I'm, know why. I'm, I don't I'm, know why y'all it all, giving it to her. So I'm in, right? <laughs> I'm making the I'm giving it to her. Good. I'm opening up to you. So you, op- you. You opening up to me. You said, Woo, sir, Officer Mike. Oh, oh, man, y'all ignorant. Oh, man. Pray for us. Pray for the mm. Please, please, all prayer warriors report to the 1528 podcast. Uh, we are Listen, so crying for help. Here's, here's what got me. Oh, don't do it. Man, so I'm all in, right? I'm giving, I'm giving all my thoughts. I'm giving the things I've been holding back. And then she says, Okay, this has been great. Um, so I've added it to my notes, and so I'll pass it along to the person that you'll be seeing. 
shit. She's the receptionist. You know what? (laughs) (laughs) He just filled his heart out to the answering service. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, shit. I was done. I was done. I was like, I ain't doing this. I can't no say more. this again. No. Huh. No. No, you get one take on that. <laughs> oh, that's sad, man. It's like, hold oh, on. You want me? No, shit. no. I'm like, look at the notes. I get I get with her. I'm like, look at the notes. I ain't got nothing. Right. That's I got crazy. nothing. I'm done. Why would you do that? Why wouldn't you tell me that going like, starting like, whoa, out? Whoa, whoa, slow down, slow down, slow down. That's what they should have said. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't no, it, I should have. No, when I walked in and sat down, oh, she should have said, This is intake. Yes. <laughs> right. Said, I'm not your therapist. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's all she had to say. I thought she was my therapist. So I was trying to give him my all. Again, he everything to the receptionist. <laughs> hey, yeah, right. hey yeah doc i got a lump right here and this, this, and this right? she's like whoa whoa i just take your information <laughs> <laughs> no i wasn't like that <laughs> <laughs> nigga is still standing at the front desk with his clipboard and all she's like <laughs> Like, can you just give me your ID, please? You, know <laughs> you got the fifty dollar Kobe. What are we doing? Like, why are you talking to me? <laughs> why are you I talking to me? That's just down. I mean, over there next to <laughs> uh, We'll call you in a minute, sir. Do you do you see all these people mm-hmm. behind you? <laughs> like they're listening to you. There's <laughs> <laughs> an entire waiting oh, room. Man. Know your business now. Well, uh, okay, so uh, Sarah, since you, since you put your embarrassment out there, you want to uh, keep going into your uh, uh, any obstacles you had in your journey? Well, really, or hurdles or whatever. Yeah. So I think it's just been a matter of focus. You know, hmm. um, there's there's things that happen and there's things that come along in life that kind of shift your focus every now and then. Um, and it's just good to know which one's going to be a distraction um, and which one is you know pushing you towards your purpose. And so. Um, as different things come came along in life, I just reprioritized, deprioritized, you know what I'm saying, different things in life. And so there were times in life where I prior, prioritized, you know, mental health. And I wanted to make sure I was A1. And, you know, every time I go get a physical, everything is all good. And so I started saying, if, if everything's all good physically, I need everything to be all good mentally. I need a physical. I need a mental health physical. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, and so that's how I approached it. And that's how I do approach it. However, there sometimes things happen and you're just saying, like, you, Dre, I think you you alluded to it a little bit when you said, you know, finances, you know, um, even though it may be only a $50 copay and it's cool, I got it. But mm, do I want to do that $50 there and sit in here right. with the person and da, 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 we got to connect. Da, da, da. It's just, it, it deprioritizes itself. Right. And so. I think now I'm at a place, I'm, I'm, but the more grounded you are, the more you start understanding that you need to take care of yourself holistically. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can't, you can't ignore another part while you take care of another. And so a lot of, a lot of those, a lot of the, the, the Terrence have been really distractions. I let myself get caught up and deprioritize my own mental health. Um, and now, you know, you, you grow into a place where you say um, that peace that I'm looking for, that, that, that resolution I'm looking for, that confidence I'm looking for. Um, it's, it's in a place where, where I find peace and you don't let anything compromise that, you know what I'm saying? And so 
you reprioritize and you say, what is most part of my life is maintaining this peace. And sometimes I need to talk about some, sometimes I need to talk to people about some things. Usually I call BJ <laughs> or I call my brother, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or, right, you know what I'm saying? One of y'all or I just, you know, I, I do pray about it, but it's just like, you know, um, how do I want, how do I want to do, how do I want to deal with the things that I'm feeling? Um, and I think I, I never want to lose focus of that because that's my mental health. How do I really feel about what's happening around me? And if it takes me to sit down and talk to somebody, I'll do it. Uh, whether it's a professional therapist or whether it's one of my boys or whether it's my, my, my mom, somebody who I trust, you know, um, you got to let it out. You know, um, there's steps to this, there's levels to this, you know, it may start out with just a conversation with your boy, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Before you go see a therapist, you may be a thing where you're just like, bruh, I feel like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and let that out, you know? Yep. And as your boy, you gotta be ready to hear that. Yeah. And no, this is not a game. Like he's telling you what's up with his, with his mind, what's going on, in, you know what I'm saying? And so being able to receive it and being able to dish it out on different levels and making sure that the people that you're around can hold you accountable to what you're feeling. Um, I wouldn't hang with y'all if y'all didn't benefit me in my mental health. <laughs> For real. Although we yeah. can be challenging. What's that? Although we can be challenging. Yeah, we can be challenging, oh, but absolutely. it's all a part of it. You know what I'm saying? No, we're strengthening his mental health. That's yeah. all. <laughs> Trial by fire. Break, break him down and build him back up. Right, break, break him down and I'm stronger. That's all. That's all. We're still on the way down. <laughs> <laughs> Nose diving. Nose diving. You know oh, man. <laughs> yeah, but I, you just got you, you protect that. You hold it. And then you just, you know, you make sure you build your life around a way that you're able to do that. And for me, I learned how to, I learned how to figure out how to make better decisions, um, how to be more introspective, um, and then how to grow from that. You know what I'm saying? And then, and then picking my friends accordingly, and then doing things that provide me relief accordingly. You know what I'm saying? And so I think it's more about when you when you do sit with your therapist for however long you do it, if it's a month, if it's a day. If it's a, a year, if it's five years, we, you know, we, we would recommend as they would that you would stay in as long as possible until you get what you need, what you need to get. But however long you stay in there, you gotta, you gotta use the things that you, that you learn, hmm. you know, you have yeah. to, you gotta use that advice that you're taking and that you're given, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And so, uh, for me right now, uh, I am at a place right now where I'm just like, my mental health is, is, is first, is paramount. Um, and I, I really would like to connect with uh, another, uh, you know, I like my therapist to be a black man, you know what I'm saying? That I could really feel like I relate to, <clears throat> like, you know, like I relate to y'all. Like I don't relate to other people, some other people. That could do. I feel you. B, I think uh, you was up next. You yeah. Said, right? I personally don't have any challenges, right? Perfect, <laughs> right? No, what, what I mean by that, as far as like, shit. <laughs> no, as far as like, I haven't tried to seek talking to anybody so i haven't had any hurdles in that i what i well, do no, no, is no, no. i want to say b don't got to be professionally just dealing with your own shit like yeah what that's what gets i was in the way of that. Yeah. well actually i don't want to say all right let's be real about it i'm very introspective so there are a lot of times i just try to work shit out by myself mm. even if i have to sit in the house for a, a day and just sometimes probably get into my own head a little too much um, but yeah. I definitely know I have people I can talk to 
So I'm not against reaching out. Sometimes I have to work through it first before I can reach out. I have to kind of work through it a little bit, even if it's just like to, you know, order my steps and then what I even want to talk about, or is this what I need to talk about? But, you know, one thing that sucks is like, I always could talk to my grandfather about stuff and it was always in a way where like, it was nothing I ever brought up. He just knew how to pull conversations out of thin air while we're working Mm -hmm. and we would work through something. And I didn't even realize we were working through something until it was maybe even years later. Um, and then, ha- uh, Mr. Davis has always been a rock yeah, just to sit and talk. And I'm pretty sure we've all probably told Mr. Davis things that we may not have told each other yet because he just, he knew how to make himself available mm-hmm. and he would give you the, he can give you the real, um, response. He can give you the, the Christian side of it. He can give you the boy, you know, you're fucking up. Like he, he's, <laughs> there's like so many ways that he's, he's been a blessing to us and, and letting us get stuff off of our chest that it's, uh, it's been great. And then yeah, happy, happy, uh, 50th, Mr. D <laughs> happy 50th turn. Was it last uh, Wednesday? Uh, turn 50. Yes, sir. Um, said, but even, birthday. even calling y'all, like whether it's, whether it's any one of you three gentlemen, uh, I talked to Markeith here and there, you know, like, and, and even some things I'll tell my mom or my grandmother. I, I just try to do my best to use the resources I have around me based on whatever it is I need to talk about. Mm-hmm. Everybody's hey. not going to understand everything and everybody won't be able to uh, guide you in the way that you need to be guided. And I think knowing who can do what is important and also just knowing that, you know, Bobby, me and him talk about stuff. We don't talk often, but when we talk, we talk about real shit. And we've shared things with each other that nobody else may know about. And it was something that we both had been through. And it's so, when you do that, not only do you help yourself, but you also help that other person to let them know, oh shit, I'm not alone in the way I felt about this certain thing or the, this thing that I thought about possibly doing or whatever it is, it's not yeah, no, just it no, me. It, no, it normalizes it some. Yes. For the other person. Yeah, yeah. For them and, and for you as well. Like you, you think you get it off your chest and I'm like, damn me too. So it helps you like, well, maybe I'm not as fucked up as I thought I was, you know what I'm saying? Or maybe this isn't obviously it's something I need to, share or chat about but it doesn't mean i'm a terrible person so man, I'm how vulnerable y'all being man <laughs> um, <laughs> okay no yeah. but the uh I, I definitely think you're right there and i will say you're way farther ahead than i was before i started seeing um professional help because one of the reasons that i felt like i needed to do that was because i just wasn't comfortable opening up to anybody like mm-hmm. My mom probably, me and her talked about some stuff, but that was usually just because she dragged it out of me. Like she talked so much that at some point I felt like I had to share too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So when she was around, that happened a little bit, but it was super, Mm -hmm. super minimal. Mm -hmm. Um, But like I wasn't, I haven't 
you know, historically been comfortable opening up with any of my siblings, anybody that I was in a relationship with, like even with Mr. D, like he's gotten the most out of me when we were in Kentucky, but it was just still super, super minimal. Um, And I kind of felt like I needed to seek professional help in order to overcome that hurdle so that now I can actually hop on a podcast and actually say this shit to the public, which six years ago, it would have been, I would have. I would have clowned somebody if they even thought that this would have been doable back then. Right. Right. So like the fact that you're even able to do that now <laughs> says you're already way far ahead of where I started at. You know what I'm saying? We're living authentically. This, yeah. this is what authenticity looks like. So we can get our <laughs> vocabulary down. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they know the words. They just don't come out their mouth. <laughs> That's what it they stay right here in their jaw. <laughs> like i can i have no problem opening up to people about how i feel and what i'm going through like that's never been i i'm one of those people that don't know what a stranger is like i have no problem telling you whatever um my thing the reason why i decided to see a therapist is because i kind of wanted a clinical way of doing it uh, Cause I can sit and listen to people be like, "Nah, you need to do this, that, and the third. That's cool, and it definitely makes sense." I want to know what someone who has a degree has to say about this, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my my reason. Cause you know, at my first, I I would have therapy sessions by myself. I would literally sit. I remember in Young Hall, my freshman year, when I felt bad, I would literally go in a room, lock the door, and play Sade pearls and sit and think and get my shit off my chest to myself and then be done with it and go about my business mm-hmm. so that's kind of i've always learned how to deal with shit but and talk to people about it but now i kind of want to like i need a, a different method of doing it and i think that's part of it i think a lot of people in the world have ways of dealing and coping but there's nothing wrong with reaching out and branching out and finding new ways to to maneuver because as you get older some of your methods are getting old as well. So now you need to find something else. And it's not necessarily yeah. like, even if you are saying they pray, there's nothing wrong with finding a journal to help you pray in a more, uh, more method way, just to kind of help you think about what you're praying about a praying journal. more, more structured, more kind, structured of. kind of way. Um, and then also if you, yeah, just, just kind of healing. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is why I can't share. This is this is why I'm being vulnerable. <laughs> hey. I don't know. I don't know what happened. I used to watch Jada. I used to watch Jada movies when I needed to. Uh, <laughs> Jada, oh, yeah, really? a little healing. You know what I'm saying? Oh, going? <laughs> oh man, JT, all right. Way off. Thank you for listening to the 1528 podcast. Entanglement. This is our ninth and final episode. <laughs> Again. <laughs> or oh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to I'm trying to tell you how I handled myself, you know what I'm saying, dealing with the pressures of being a freshman in college. Hell okay. yeah, trust me. I understand. Um, but anyway, y'all, it's getting like super late. So let's go ahead and um start bringing the show to a close. 
Um, so I wanted everybody to share um, one final word before we head out. And along with that, if you guys could just talk a little bit about um, your growth and kind of where you guys are right now and your state of mental health um, with your final thought. Uh, who wants to go ahead and kick us off? Okay, I, I can go ahead and jump in. I like to I like to think about I like to have these conversations. Um, that's why I appreciate y'all. Had COVID not come in, I'm pretty sure we'd be having this conversation on a beach somewhere on our guys' trip. <laughs> this is what we do. Is how we kick it. R.I.P. And so, man, <laughs> pour out a little liquor. I don't know what to do. You just made me sad, Dre. <laughs> no, but you know, I, I appreciate having these conversations. I appreciate having the space to be able to really be real about how I feel, where I am. You know what I'm saying? Without being you know, an attempt to be emasculated without, you know, without, you know, uh, being degraded or devalued or, you know, depreciated or whatever. Um, I can, I can have a real conversation with my boys and then come out of that feeling like I'm ready to go, you know, carpe diem, you know what I'm saying? And so I appreciate that. And so it's, it's, it's important to have these conversations sometime about where we've come from. Um, yeah. so a lot of the references that I've made and that I'm sure a lot of my, my co-hosts made, were things of the past Um, because here we are today you know and today uh, I find myself in a more healthier place than ever really Um, a a lot of a lot of healing is taking place a lot of work is being done Um, and so now we talk about this from a place of a victory we've overcome a lot of things we've overcome a lot of mental stress Uh, we've overcome a lot of ailments that plague black men and and minorities in this country and, you know, for me, I give all, all glory to God that he pointed me in the right directions to be around the right people um, to do what needed to be done. And so I thank God for the healthy place that I'm in today and uh, the healthy place that the people around me are growing to as well. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Well, for me, when I would say where I stand as far as the status of my mental health is pretty solid. Right. I don't think there's um, I think. Well, here's the thing. Just because there's something you need to talk to doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. And people need to understand that. Um, Mm. You just need to get things off your chest. As far as my normal everyday life, I'm solid, just like all of my co-hosts are. Uh, I would assume. Um, I do know the one thing that bothers me a lot, and I think it's morbid, or the one thing that it fucks with me a lot is just the thought of death, whether it's my own death, whether it's thinking about my family, when it's going to happen. I have this problem thinking, you know, if somebody calls me on my phone from my family more than once in a day, like what what's wrong is the first thing I think of. And I think that's the, I hate living that way. So there's this anxiousness sometimes that I'm about to get bad news all the time. And then, you know, even spiritually, you know, what is the afterlife? Is there an afterlife? And just that's probably what bothers me the most right now. Everything else, you know, yeah, there are probably other issues here and there that I have to deal with. Other triggers, we're still going to have those. But, uh, you know, you learn how to deal with them and, and, and move forward. But as far as the state, that's the one thing that I can just be driving and just it comes up. And in my opinion, it comes up way too often. Um, but I don't know how to really, I, I can talk about it, but I don't know if I need to go professionally talk about it. 
I think there are times I just need to sit and be by myself and commune with God or just commune with myself and sit. Um, Saturday mornings are pretty big for me. I like to sit out when it's not a hundred and fucking one degrees in goddamn Oklahoma. Sit out on my patio and have a. So you mad? <laughs> as fuck, man. Um, and just sit out and have coffee and just be still and literally be still with myself and just sit and think. That's important to me. And as far as like a final thought is like, just talk to somebody if you're feeling bogged down. If you're feeling like you can't go on. If you're feeling anxious or afraid, it's okay. And honestly, I'm going to go ahead and put this invite for all four of us. If there's really something serious you want to talk about, you can, you can message us. You can call us. We'll try to lead you in the right directions. Or, you know, and sometimes people just need a sounding board. Sometimes yeah. people don't understand, like, you don't have to say anything. Just listen to what somebody has to say. And that's a great start. So don't ever be caught up in the taboo of if you go to a therapist, you're crazy. Or if you have to do this, you're not strong enough because the real strength comes in asking for help, not trying to act like it doesn't exist. So um, we love you all. And we just want you to, to be the best you can be mentally and physically. Where JT, what you got? Um, my, I think my growth is for my mental health is being or more so just understanding that I don't understand everything and mm. re- sitting in that and, and, and being okay with not having all the answers and therefore not having to worry about everything. I, I've always been able to look back on my life and be like, God has kept me uh, all my days and, and I don't think you'll ever, ever leave me. So I, my faith kicks in a lot more. Um, it has been definitely been tested. Uh, so I, I think that helps me now more than ever. I don't have a, a lot to say about, about my growth just because I think it's, I'm still growing. I don't, I don't, I can't tell you exactly where I am right now. I just know that I'm getting better and that I've, I'm no longer the kid dealing with the same anxieties as I used to, because to be honest, I've learned not to give too much of a shit about things. Mm-hmm. And kind of let them be childish things. Say it again. So you learn to put away childish things. Yeah, yeah. man. Simply because you know, I uh, look. I go to work every day, and if I ever lose this job, God will provide me with food in between time okay. till I get my next job, and my bills have been paid. And you know, saying I got most of my health. You know, what I'm saying. So I, I, I try not to wear nor his seed begging bread. Come on now. Throw you- <laughs> It's, it's, it's all there. So I, I'm, I'm continually, continuously growing and, you know, I'm excited to see, I guess the following years, who I'll be mentally uh, in the future. Yes, sir. All right. That's real. That's real. I would say for me, I'm absolutely still a large work in progress, but I've come a long way and I'm really proud of the progress that I have made so far. I'm normally a really pleasant, super positive person. Whenever I'm public facing, you're always going to get the, for the most part, the uh, happiest, most positive, uplifting person, you know, that you will meet. But when I'm to myself, it's a lot different. Um, And it's just some certain things I've had to learn to deal with because of my life experiences related to grief and related to 
um, health issues and crazy diagnoses that have drove my mental state into a dark place at times. Um, so some of that stuff I'm still working with, but, you know, learning how to open up and share and talk about stuff and bring people in to what I'm thinking and feeling and my part of the conversation and just in general, forcing myself to actually deal with issues versus just burying them in a closet and then having them resurface at a point in time where when they come out, they're going to come out guns blazing because it's just years and years of that piled up um, kind of thought. Um, actually getting in front of it when it happens, that's been huge, but I still have a ton to work on with, you know, dealing with the grief and my feelings around my, you know, personal mortality, um, and mm -hmm. health issues and stuff like that. It's, it's a lot, it's a lot that I still have to work on. But one thing that I will say is like my final thought is, you know, we got to normalize mental health care. Like this is so important. It's such a pivotal part of our lives that a lot of times we just overlook and don't value. Like as much time as we spend it in a gym, our mental health should be just as strong, just as healthy. Like our diet should be in the same consideration with our mental health, which should be in the same consideration with our physical health. Um, and, you know, again, I'll point out NBA champion from the Cleveland Cavaliers, Kevin Love, who recently won the Arthur Ashe Courage Award for his openness and advocacy around mental health. He was like one of the first professional athletes to really just be really transparent about his journey, um, what he was dealing with, depression and all that other stuff. And he's been doing it for years now. So I'm super, super encouraged by him and what he's done. Um, it was after I already started. My search was not necessarily something that got it it going, but for him to have his platform and actually to use it for that, um, it's just really really impressive. And I appreciate that so much. And one thing that, you know, he said at the beginning, or actually, I think it was around May. He said for him, mental health is an under-discussed topic in American life. And it's a problem that's been exasperated by the pandemic. So like what mm -hmm. we're going through right now with COVID guys, this shit is not normal. Man. And it's okay to to treat it that way. Like right. it's going to affect you mentally and you might have to do things differently than you had before to deal with that and to cope, but you have to find a way to cope. Yeah. And you know, that's all I want to say is like, it's a strange time that we're living in and your mental health is even more important now, especially for those that, you know, have school age kids in their household. Um, we did a panel uh, about a month or so ago and um, a K-State graduate of ours, Dr. Darlene Davis was on there and she was talking about, some of the additional burdens that parents have during these times. And with all of everything going on, we just got to make sure that we find time to take care of ourselves because 2020 has been bullshit <laughs> and it's <laughs> fucked with everybody's mental health on oh, some man. level. Bullshit <laughs> from, the, from the jump. <laughs> January <laughs> 1 sucked. No, January 1 did not suck. No, we went, January 17th, it was on and popping up in New right. York City, baby. We were up in New York. We <laughs> it was, yeah, it was like the, the 19th of January is when it started to go. <laughs> mine on two started, days after y'all left. started early. <laughs> oh, remember well. that text message? I was like, hey, I don't know if I'm going to be able to come because of this, this, and this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but we yeah. worked it out. <laughs> we got there. We got there. We made it happen. Man. Hey, people. Uh I don't think anybody actually said, it, but it's okay to not be okay sometimes. Absolutely. Yes. Know that. Absolutely know that. But when you come to that realization that you're not okay, like, 
fight your way out of it. Seek help. There's nothing wrong with seeking help. I love that. Yeah. So, um, y'all, we're going to bring this episode to a wrap. Um, we really, really appreciate y'all for tuning in. Thank you so much um, for listening. Again, please keep this conversation going in your circles. Normalize mental health. Get the help you guys need. Take the time you guys need. If you don't know where to start, ask a friend, ask a colleague. Again, we ain't no experts, but <laughs> if you come to us, um, we can definitely help in whatever ways we can. I'm actually, I actually didn't know. So many of us had actually seeked out uh, professional help already. So that was actually eye opening for me. But whatever, however we can help, you know, along the way, hit us up in the 1528 Facebook community group. Um, we're more than happy to do that. One thing I will say, too, is professional counseling isn't always for everybody. Um, and maybe your avenue is to start off with, you know, some of the different apps that are available. Um, they have apps like Headspace um, for uh, calming and things like that. They have different apps where you can actually see uh, providers and some of them are free. Um, so, you know, play around, see if something, things like that actually fit you better. Um, they are out there. Um, I'll try to provide some, we'll try to provide some resources uh, for that as well. If anybody does feel like their mental health is leading them down the wrong direction, um, the National Suicide Hotline is one 800 273-8255. Again, that's 1-800-273-8255. Um, we never want anybody to feel any kind of way about calling that number because we'd much rather have you call that number than not be around. Um, so if anybody feels like it comes to that, please, please, please don't hesitate to do that. Please. But yeah, that's it, y'all. Take care of yourselves. Take a walk. Keep engaging. Take a walk. We love y'all. We appreciate the feedback. And some of y'all. <laughs> all of y'all all of y'all <laughs> yeah man we out see y'all next week peace peace, peace.